I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. But hello, everybody, and welcome to the all new and improved Wiki Shuffle. You could you, whoop, holler. Yeah. Ways. All new. Yeah. New for 2017. Hey. Episode 102, which is the standard time for yeah. a relaunch. I think exactly. you'll agree. Jack's not with us anymore. So in his place, I'm doing the introduction talking and I'm Philip Sharman. Hello. And joining as always is Chris Wallace. Hello. And we've subbed in Ruth Bradley back again. Hey. It's good to get fair at that. No, that was the worst one. That was the worst one yet. I'm a lot more nervous about recording now because Chris is editing. No, I have to be good. <laughs> No, not because not because you're not good. I'd be trying. You, and you're doing a very good job. That's not the point so I'm making. So why are you throwing shade my way? I'm not throwing shade <laughs> your way. I'm throwing shade in my direction because I used to not be very afraid of saying stupid things because I knew that I could edit them out myself. Ah. <laughs> it's been a long time since we recorded a wiki shuffle. Over a year. No, not over a year. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, over a year in time. Time words. What? Uh, over... 2016, so the, t- the time words is last times. <laughs> See, this is where you should be grateful that you do get to edit, because you can take all this nonsense out, whereas I would have joyously left it in. Okay. The time words is last times. Yeah, 2016 is the last one, so we're in the new times. New, new time word. So who wants to explain what it is that Wikishuffle is? Do you want to do it? No. Okay. A Wikishuffle <laughs> is where we press the random article button on Wikipedia and we talk about it. Let's do that then. Okay. Before we start, do we nope. have any business? It's been a while. Oh, business. Anything like a game that somebody might Oh, a game. Oh, that was a hint. Be. Okay. <laughs> I do have a game. A game that came in the post. Um, it's, I don't know where to begin with it. Oh. What happened was, this was, this was quite a while ago now, but we've not recorded for ages. So the person that sent this in to us, who was... Mark Winter. Mark Winter. Sent Mark this to J. Us. Winter. Mark J. Winter. That's, that's a good name. That's, that's a good name. Is there a photo? We can find one. We, we'll have a look for a photo. We can find one. Of Mark J. Winter for you. We're coming for you, Mark Ruth. J. Winter. Ruth's interested. <laughs> yeah. So Mark must be thinking, I went to all this effort, I sent this in to them in the post, they've not even acknowledged it, I've done nothing with it, I hate Wikishuffle and everything they stand for. Fair no, enough. that's not what happened, Mark. We were astounded by this and we just haven't had a chance to do it yet. And now here we are. Doing it. Doing yeah, it. Doing it. We're going to do it now. Chris, he's got you, a letter. Do you read out the letter? I shall. Can you read? I can. Very well. <laughs> we'll, we'll I was we'll on see. the high learning reading pathway in school. <laughs> Dear Wikishuffle. That's us. I've recently discovered your podcast and have been listening from the start. That's good. I've just finished episode 61, where we learned that Phil used to work as a potato forecaster. I did. (laughs) And still trawls the supermarket aisles inspecting bags of crisps. Lad. 
Don't know if that's the right term to use, but okay. Lad. Lad. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to share a game with you all that I've created called Name That Crisp. It's catchy. It is. A game in which you have to identify the brand of the crisp based on the crunch that it makes. Flavour is not important, just the brand. (laughs) Enclosed in this envelope is a CD of 10 sound bites, pun intended, (laughs) of 10 different varieties of crisps. The host can then play the clip and read out the three possible answers. Correct answers are kept in a sealed envelope. At the end of the game, the person who has answered the most amount of questions correctly will be the winner. In the event of a tie, there is a final question where the finalists have to shout their name to be first to guess. If they guess incorrectly, they lose, and the crisp crown goes to the last remaining contestant. He's right. I've got a lot of questions. So have I. I haven't read it. Have you made a crisp crown? No. (sighs) Were we provided with a crisp crown? No. Is there one in the sealed envelope? Is there a sealed envelope? That was my second question. I haven't seen one of these. Oh, there is a sealed envelope. It says answers inside. Ooh. So shall I put this in? Oh, what if it's something dodgy and the police come around? Oh, no. you think it could, this could be some elaborate way to hack into your computer? Mm-hmm. What it's do they call it? It's a virus. What's it called? Trojan thing. Oh. No, that's not Spoofing. right. <laughs> What's it there called? There might be that on there. Because they do that thing <laughs> where you just drop um, USB sticks outside of the headquarters, just on the ground of important companies, and uh, then somebody curious... plugs it in to see if it's theirs. Yeah, yeah. that was in Mr. Robot. It, it was. But I can't remember what it's called. Um, Def- definitely wasn't spoofing. You've been spoofed. Are you sure it's not Phil's spoofing? never been spoofed. <laughs> I spoof all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, okay, I'll put this in. Nothing to do with spoofing. It's I nice. just don't understand how you haven't listened to the CD yet. I'd have listened Surprise. to that straight mm. up. I suppose that'd be cheating though, wouldn't it? Because that would yeah. be cheating. Oh, I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't think about it. Curiosity would have just got the better of me and I'd have ruined the game. Shall I take myself out of this game? And I No, I don't think so. Well, how is it going to work? Well, it depends how the answers are laid out, doesn't well, it? They, if they're going to be Shall I look but not read? I can do that, that's a skill. it's a terrifying skill that i imagine you do have um so there's three options for each where are the options written are they written next to the answers or are they on the track titles maybe the track titles are just track one through 15 you're gonna have to open the envelope i'm gonna have to i'll I'll take you'll be between these two i'll be the host okay well let's quiz master there might be a way that you can do it without reading without reading let's find out (laughs) it takes a certain level of skill don't, don't look. <laughs> is that how you look for don't read? <laughs> <laughs> right, Chris is face spasming at the page. Is that helping? Yeah, it did. Right. right. Track one. That was that A, Walkers. Yes. B, Pringles. Or C, McCoys. Are you here one more time? Oh, okay. Just playing at home. Listen up, Chris fans. No. See, the necessity of a Pringle because of the size. If you put a whole Pringle in your mouth, it's going to make a kind of crack before you get I the main crack. I, I was just and about to bring up the crack. And the fact you don't get the crack. I think it's a, I think it's a, yeah, McCoy. Um, I'm in, inclined no to agree. No cracking. Okay. We're, we're, both, we're both saying McCoy. Well, crisp fans, that was indeed... And McCoy's. Hey! Yes! We're good at this, although we're, we're a bit too much teamwork going on. Yeah, we need to not be on the team. I'll give you both one. But does that involve no discussion? Because that's going to sound really boring if we just sit and think quietly. No, well, I let's think... just try and be more argumentative. I think the audience <laughs> will enjoy the crisp talk. Crisp, crisp chat. Crisp chat. Crunch crack. Crunch crack. <laughs> we can call it that. <laughs> like the Irish version of crack. Yeah. <laughs> right. So a very distinct snap to that. Makes me think maybe a French fry, something similar. 
So, yeah, it's not it's not hard enough to be a hula hoop, but no. it sounds like that sort of size. Would you like the options? Yeah, I, I think so. A, a mini cheddar. Ooh. B, a Pringle. Or C, a Dorito. Oh, I reckon Let's mini cheddar. Again. Let's hear it again. Oh, no, it's a bit too crispy for a mini cheddar. Too crispy for a mini cheddar. Depends how long he's had the bag open for. Well, let's assume he's only eating fresh crisps. He might have been playing, making this CD for a long time. It could have been a couple of hours. The uh, cheddar was out. As we get to the end, I, I will anticipate the so- softness. <laughs> the softness to increase. Uh, but for question two, I think we're still going to be quite crisp. I think it's a Dorito. Philip, Dorito final answer. Final answer. I'm going to go for Pringle. I will tell you you are both incorrect. That was, in fact, a mini cheddar. God damn it! Oh, we didn't think it was. We didn't think it was. small, though. Mm. But then he could have had just a bit of a crisp. You'd think he'd go for whole... We need to know whether it's whole crisps going in there. (laughs) And we do... To do this fairly, we really do need to know the conditions of the recording and the conditions of the crisp. The humidity of the room. um, (laughs) Mark's, like, employment situation... Mm. How he chooses to live his life. Yeah. Can we assume <laughs> that he's clothed? Mm. It's hard to tell. <laughs> it is, isn't it? That would have a uh, marked effect on the humidity levels, mm. <laughs> probably. Clothed or not clothed. Mm. If he was doing it on a bus. Who eats crisps on a bus? Who doesn't eat crisps on a bus? Have you never <laughs> had crisps on a bus? Yeah, of course I have. Exactly. Next question. Oh, that bur- sounded like a hula hoop. Short burst there. Hula hoop. Hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> so... The possibilities are Space Raiders, The Budget Snack, Monster Munch, or Quavers. Oh. I thought, part of me thought Quaver before we even started. I thought I... Before you even before, heard it. Before, <laughs> just, in the, just in the shower this morning, I was just thinking of Quaver. Quaver. <laughs> no, I did think a kind of salt and vinegar spiral was my first reaction. Mm. But that's the closest of that list. Closest is a Quaver. Mm. Yeah. I'm going Quaver. Yeah, Quaver. Quaver. You are both wrong again. It's a monster munch. Oh. I, do. Man- I had a monster munch. I've been having monster munch a lot recently because Marcy foolishly bought like a 48 pack or something. So we've been eating a lot of monster munch and they just don't sound like that. They're uh, really right. hard. I mean, I don't have as many teeth as you average human. But... <laughs> Painting a beautiful picture for our <laughs> listeners. Some toothless monster munch sucker. <laughs> are you ready for question five? So far, it's one all. And we've only had three questions, yep. so having question five now seems irregular. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Did you read out the wrong ones that time? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> is, is it hula hoop? Yeah, it was a hula hoop. Yes! yes! So, Ruth gets that. <laughs> I didn't get the yes! options. The yeah, other, but I was... The other ones were knickknacks and roysters, and I don't think you were on that vein, so I'm going to give that one to Ruth. <laughs> <sighs> I can't believe it was a hula hoop. Well, I'm saying Monster Munch for the next one. It probably sounds like a Monster Munch as well, not a hula hoop. I'm going to give you both that one. <laughs> what? We've not even heard it yet. Because Can we listen you... to the Monster Munch and see if it sounds okay, a bit like a Monster, Monster Munch? Munch? And see if it sounds like a Monster Munch. That oh, sounds like a Monster yeah, Munch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a Monster Munch. So mm. you would have both got that anyway. It's fine. Right, now we're on question five. I think Phil's getting points here where they're not necessarily, I suppose I got one as well. So let's You're move winning. on. You're winning. You're winning. Okay, I'm winning. A disco's. Maybe. Le French Fry. No. Or the Pom Bear. Ooh. Let's hear it again. It's not a French fry. It's a quick one. You'd expect a, a snappier sound for a French fry. What was the first one again? 
disco. I think it's a disco. I think I think that it's a pom bear. I think there's a depth to the noise that you'd only get from a pom bear. I think okay. the hardness, because discos are really quite hard and dense, I think it's one of them. Well, if these are your final answers, that was, in fact, a disco. Yes. I'm good at this game. You're a crisp scientist. <laughs> <laughs> you eat so many more crisps than I do. It's oh, all yeah. just become crisp white noise in there. <laughs> You're crisp blind. Mm. Deaf. Deaf. <laughs> crisp noise blind. So, next one. Mm, I'm thinking a quaver, maybe a skip. I think it's fatter than that. That sounds more Monster Munch-like. I think it's a what's-it. Possible answers for this one are a what's-it, yes. a skip, <laughs> or, again, the pom bear. That's a Which makes it. me believe the pom bear is going to pop up at some point. It's a what's-it. No, it's too hard for what... Well, no, you've, you've been so much better with that. I don't want to second-guess you anymore. <laughs> um... I'm going to say a skip because I said that without any clues being given. So I'm going to I'm going to stick with skip. Stick with skip. What's it? The answer for that one. It is a skip. Yes. <gasps> right. Next one. Oh, loud. Oh. Strong sound. It sounded like he had almost two goes at it. He just played it twice. The possibilities for this one are bugles. Or yes, maybe. I think it's bugle, that would make sense. The first crunch is and it the crunching and then them crunching yes. together. Walkers or chipsticks. Yeah, because it initially breaks it yeah. and then he crunches them together. Bugle. That's actually a walkers. Really? What? Yeah. Oh. Oh, it must have been one of those bubbly ones. You know, so it crunched through a bubble. So it got the side break first and then the teeth. Maybe, yeah. Sends. Yeah, that happens. Because sometimes you have to oh, get your some... tongue to do the first work. Oh, no. Please don't ever do that. <laughs> Next question. Well, these are the possibilities. Kettle chip, Walker's baked variety, mm. or a Pringle. See, kettle chips quite often are the inflated kind of crisp where they've puffed mm. up, so I'm going to go with that. Because oh, it could be breaking in half as it's crunching. Mm. It's bit, uh, what was that? Mm. So it was a, a Walker's... A Walker's baked. I'm going to go for a Walker's baked. Walker's baked. I don't think I've ever had one. I don't know what to, I don't know what that would sound like. So I'm going to go with kettle chip. The correct answer is the kettle chip. Yes. <gasps> Next question. That could possibly be a frazzle, a wheat no. crunchy, or a Dorito. Wheat crunchy. I think wheat crunchy too. You're both incorrect. That is a Dorito. Oh. Dorito. What's the score? Can we have an update on the score. Yeah. Roof, you have one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> yes. Phil, you have one, two, three. Oh, Winner! There's a tie-break question, though, which we'll do just for laughs. <laughs> Ooh. Whoa. What? That's a big crisp. He must have unhinged his mouth like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a... A wheat crunchy, a quaver, or a frazzle. I'm going to say quaver again, because I've said quaver lots of times. Yeah. Yeah, frazzle. It's a quaver. Yay! It doesn't matter, it's a hollow victory. I still won. Right, but now not, let's see not a hollow crisp, though. Let's see what's on this other three tracks. I don't know what this is for. Correct. Oh, we put in little things for me uh, to do. I didn't. Incorrect. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> Hold on. Incorrect. That was more of a sad incorrect. <laughs> yeah, <this is> a <laughs> nice when one. When you really got your heart set on an answer. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you. So if you got it wrong, it would just be a... Incorrect. If you really, if you were emotional. Incorrect. <laughs> so thank you, Mark, for your quiz, quiz, quiz. 
Thanks, Mark. <laughs> we, we love getting posts, but please don't send us any more to Wikishuffle HQ because Wikishuffle HQ is moving in the next few weeks because I've bought a new house and so we're moving Wikishuffle HQ to my new house. Show off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did so you buy a new house, Phil? Place. I bought a new house. Oh. Yeah, it's got it's got a shed in the garden. I'm going to use for Wikishuffle. Fritzel. Not going to use it for fritzling. Fritzel cast. Fritzel if shuffling. I, if I was going to, it's actually it's not dissimilar from the shed in room. Yeah. Oh, what no. was? Am I going to be in there? Wiki rooming. Mm. What, will you be upset if he has like a girl in there and not you, Chris? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, you could just put Chris in there. Yeah. He's a volunteer. You don't yeah. have to go kidnapping. Will you make me pay rent? No. <laughs> well, not money rent anyway. Oh no. <laughs> oh. Right. We can <clears throat> shuffle then. The adventure of the yellow face. Jaundice. George Best. I'm trying to think of a Muppet with a yellow face. Mr. Strong, is he he's obviously not a Muppet, I know that. Is he a yellow well no, he's red, isn't he? No, Mr. Isn't Happy's he? yellow, isn't he? Mr. Happy. Mm. Bert or Annie. But them's yellow. And one's orange. Yeah. The Adventure of the Yellow Face. The Adventure of the Yellow Face is one of 56 short Sherlock Holmes stories written by British author Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. It is the third tale from The Memoirs of Sherlock Holmes. It was first published in Strand magazine in 1893 with original illustrations by Sidney Paget. One of Doyle's sentimental pieces, the story is remarkable in that Holmes's deduction during the course of it proves incorrect. Ooh. Uh, oh, watch out. He's often right, that's his thing. <laughs> mm. According to Dr. Watson, where he failed, it happened too often that no one else succeeded. Now and again, however, it chanced that even when he erred, the truth was still discovered. Um, has anyone ever read in Sherlock Holmes? No. Nah. Nah. Boring. He's a bit of a know-it-all, isn't he? Well, obviously not. He doesn't know it all. Well, yeah, Sometimes this is one doesn't. occasion. I should have read this one. Yeah, I'm not really sure I understand the enduring appeal of Sherlock Holmes. There's so many better detectives. Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Taggart. <laughs> Taggart. <laughs> don't know where that came from. Uh, am I supposed to proffer a better detective of my own? Let's just list all the detectives. Lovejoy. Lovejoy detective. He, he was an auctioneer. Stealer. But he did, oh, he that's did, it, auctioneer. <laughs> he was just, yeah, but he solved crimes, didn't he? Art crimes. I think he just got into scrapes. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't know that you'd describe him as a detective. Hmm. Hetty Wainthrop, however. That's a good name. Yeah. She investigates. Hetty Wainthrop is a name that would suit you, I think. It would. You are quite a Hetty. <laughs> why, why, thank you. It's all right, Hetty. Let's read the synopsis of The Mystery of the Yellow Face. Sherlock Holmes, suffering from boredom due to want of cases, returns home from a walk with Dr Watson early in spring to find he has missed a visitor, but that the caller has left his pipe behind. Mysterious. Oh. From it, Holmes deduces that he was disturbed of mind right. <laughs> because he forgot the pipe. Whoa, what? Imagine hanging around with someone that does that. What, forgets pipes? No, is it just someone leaves their pipe? You forgot your uh, cigarette papers earlier. Yeah. Disturbed mind. <laughs> just forgetful. Disturbed, disturbed mind. of mm. mind. Mm. But he deduced more from the pipe. Not just that he, had a that he was disturbed of mind, but he valued it highly because he had had it repaired rather than replaced it. Not that highly. Just tight. Left it. Well, exactly. That's because he was disturbed of mind. He values it highly. If he didn't value it highly, he wouldn't be disturbed of mind. He would just be forgetful. Oh, Sherlock, just give me it back. But at the same time, he obviously didn't care about it that much because he let it break in the first. We should have looked after it more if he really cared about it. Mm. And that he was muscular, left-handed, had excellent teeth was careless in his habits and was well off. Ridiculous. Just 
ridic- all of this ridiculous. I don't think Sherlock Holmes would have been able to know that. I just don't think you would be able to know that because your your pipe examination skills are weak. <laughs> that's, that's not what the boys say. <laughs> Gross. So the pipe examinations are strong with this one. <laughs> yeah, Ruth, not weak at all. Ruth Bradley, pipe deductress. <laughs> That's what it says on the cards that I put in the phone boxes. <laughs> Works really well, that one. I did some split testing. <laughs> it's always the pipe ones. <laughs> None of these deductions are particularly germane to the story, though. Might not have even bothered. They are merely Holmesian logical exercises. Because he was bored. Because he was bored and just showing it off to Watson. Like, oh, Watson, look, look what I can do. Look, look, Watson over here. Look, look, look. <laughs> just have sex already. <laughs> just get it on. It's all, it's all bubbling up. Bubbling. Bubbling. That's what it's all is about, that is that it? what the subtext is of Sherlock Holmes? Is that what this is? I think... Maybe. I'm pointing <laughs> between Chris and Phil. I don't I don't think so in either case. Just have they, sex already. They certainly... They talk about it in the in the um, Benedict Cumberbatch one. There's a lot of allusions Yeah, the fans to, doing that, though, isn't it? No, but they reference it in the show a lot as well, don't they? That people assume that they're a, a gay couple. Do they? Yeah. Hmm. Pretty sure I haven't watched. I haven't watched a great deal of it because I find it a bit twee. When the visitor, Mr. Grant Monroe, whose name Holmes had observed from his hat band, so he read it. Um, when he returns, Holmes and Watson hear the story of Monroe's deception by his wife Effie. She had been previously married in America, but her husband and child had died of yellow fever. Whereupon she returns to England and met and married Monroe. Their marriage had been blissful. We have not had a difference, not one, in thought or word or deed, says Grant Monroe, until she asked for a hundred pounds and begged him not to ask why. Suspicious. Mm. Two months later, Effie Monroe was caught conducting secret liaisons with the occupants of a cottage near the Monroe house in Norbury. Oh. Occupants? Mm. Secret liaisons. Multiple liaisons. Mysterious. Grant Monroe has seen a mysterious yellow-faced person in this cottage. Overcome with jealousy, he breaks in and finds the place empty. However, the room where he saw the mysterious figure is very comfortable and well-furnished, with a portrait of his wife on the mantelpiece. Holmes, after sending Monroe home with instructions to wire for him if the cottage was reoccupied, confides in Watson his belief that the mysterious figure is Effie Monroe's first husband. He postulates that the husband, having been left in America, has come to England to blackmail her. After Monroe summons Holmes and Watson, the three enter the cottage, brushing aside the entreaties of Effie Monroe. They find the strange yellow-faced character. Holmes peels the face away, showing it to be a mask and revealing a young black girl. Effie Monroe's first husband was John Hebron, an African-American lawyer. He did die in America, but their daughter, Lucy, survived. Upon hearing of this, Effie became overcome with desire to see her child again, so she asked for the £100 and used it to bring Lucy and her nurse to England and installed them in the cottage near the Monroe house. She feared, however, that Grant might stop loving her if he found out that she was the mother of a mixed-race child, so all the while she had made every endeavour to keep Lucy's existence a secret. I don't know what's going on. Can I just say that if I wanted to keep somebody a secret, I wouldn't 
paint them all yellow. <laughs> it just seems like the least secretive way to be going about your life. Probably would draw more attention Maybe. rather than less. Maybe. Both Watson and Holmes are touched by Monroe's response. Watson observes, When Monroe's answer came, it was one of which I loved to think. He lifted the little child, kissed her, and then, still carrying her, he held his other hand out to his wife and turned towards the door. We can talk about it more comfortably at home, said he. I am not a very good man, Effie, but I think I'm a better one than you have given me credit for being. Oh, that's really sweet. What the context would have been in 1890, whatever this was, that this was released. This seems like a very forward-thinking way of telling this kind of story, 1893. Mm. I mean, the picture that they've got of the man lifting the, the little child, it's a very caricatured black child that they've drawn there. Where's that? Oh, yeah. But the message is a good one, isn't it? Yeah. That's, Would this have lovely. caused uproar back then? Doyle's sympathetic treatment of interracial marriage between an English woman and a black lawyer in Atlanta, Georgia, might at first appear extraordinarily liberal for the 1890s. Though the story has the widow treating her dead husband's race as a secret, whose revelation might entail very negative reactions, the marriage is not illegal in Britain, and her second husband's loving response is reported approvingly by Watson. This story, however, should be set alongside Doyle's stereotyped caricature of a thuggish black boxer in The Adventure of the Three Gables. But it's made me think about Conan Doyle in a slightly perhaps better light off the back of wanting to tell a story that way. The story is also alluded to in the BBC television series Sherlock where a yellow smiley face is painted on the wall of Sherlock's flat. That's one for the nerds. Is it really? Is it really? I just think that's Isn't Sherlock's one of those programmes that I think the fan base is perhaps too dedicated to that mm. they look for mysteries and everything which is that's, that's Sherlock's job that's <laughs> <laughs> if you're I mean, yeah if, if you're if you're playing to such a rich canon then it makes sense to, to do that to join in no you're supposed to sit back let him do all the stuff oh that's why you're not a super nerd yeah that's what it'll be mm. <laughs> Tripophobia. Fear of travels. No. Ruth. Fear of falling over. No. Fear of trip pops. Fear of triptychs, which I have. Nobody wants that. What's a triptych? Three pictures in a row. Oh, yeah. Same picture. Oh, yeah. In shit hotels and the range. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's not that either. I don't think you're going to get it. Have another go. Fear fear of trying. Oh, that's really sad. That did. That that touched a nerve. That mm. did. Why are you so, right? Why are you so scared of trying? I'm not. Someone might be. But you're not. Yeah, Good. Losers. That's <laughs> <laughs> who that is. Uh, yeah, tripophobia. It might be tripophobia. Tripods. Fear of pe- men with big penises. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> tripophobia. I'm going to go for that. T R Y P O P H O B I A is a proposed phobia of irregular patterns or clusters of small holes or bumps. Gross. Oh, I do know this. Yeah, I don't I don't like these at all. I don't think it's a phobia, but I remember doing an article, you know, where you, you click things on the BuzzFeeds, and it yeah. says whether you like things or not, um, and I don't like any of these things. I don't like things with holes. <laughs> <laughs> like a sieve? Yeah, yeah. But mainly sort of like weird body things. Like spots? Yeah, but like if they're arranged in a pattern. Like a rash? Yeah, but a specific rash, like a freaky rash. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying, Phil? Kind of. It's the specific relationship with skin and, and 
weird the person that I'm a bit confused. So like piercings, do, do piercings? No, it's more no, not that sort of stuff. Like the picture I'm thinking of in my head is the one I saw of someone puts a cold bag of peas on their knee and it leaves all the little bump marks. Right. What? Where have you seen that picture? I no, I think I know I think I know what you mean. You know what I mean? So like we used to have like a meat tenderizer thing in the kitchen and if you pressed it in your hand it, it would leave, leave the mark. Like yeah, stuff like that. Oh. It's oh. gross. Or wicker thigh for if somebody's been sitting on a wicker chair. Yeah. Um, for too long yeah things like that painful weird things in nature Mm, okay frog's born yeah that's pretty rank isn't it but it's all like the symmetry of it it's a bit (laughs) gross Mm, um, yeah it might be what we're talking about the term is believed to have been coined by a participant in an online forum in 2005 was it on BuzzFeed (laughs) 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 the word is from the Greek tripper meaning hole and phobos meaning fear. Trypophobia is not the name of a diagnosis in the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, 5th edition, and is rarely used in scientific literature, according to Jennifer Abbasey of Popular Science. Abbasey said professionals who study and treat phobias tend not to use all the Latin and Greek names that get tossed around on message boards and in the press. Fair enough. Fair enough, because some people are just stupid, aren't they? And to pretend that this... Well, I think for for a psychologist to care about this, it's got to be in some way debilitating or to affect your life. Just just turning your nose up a little bit at somebody's PE knee. Sounds like you're really criticising Chris here. How do you feel, Chris? I'm okay. No, I'm not. I'm praising him. I'm saying he doesn't need help. No, I don't. I've image searched it now, as we do for all the gross stuff. And this is exactly what I mean. I'll show you it. All gross stuff. But it's all weird skin stuff. Uh, oh, I, oh, I mean, yeah, oh, that's really gross. What that, the hell is that? I don't think any of these are real. I think a lot of these are like photoshops and stuff. Why it's would that you do sort that? Of thing. Or just things with like, this just makes me feel uncomfortable. What, what that's, that, that's what I mean by peas. Uh, yeah, I've seen that specific picture. Why before. have you both seen this picture before? Well, the same BuzzFeed <laughs> I've never even. I think it's on one of those clickbait advert things because it is so I don't weird. Want to do and holes and shit this is all really weird yeah how mm. did you get this just by searching trypophobia well yeah just now yeah and this will pop up with the things that was in my head <sighs> for gross one of my roommates at university she had a uh, well I think it's what we're describing here she had a real dislike for porous surfaces they made her feel creepy so sort of like where you've got bricks and things where you've got holes and you can't see where they're going and like a mm. pumice stone like a pumice stone mm. yeah she was creeped out by that and I think from an evolutionary perspective yeah that kind of makes sense you, you, you're being fearful of the unknown and something being hidden and what? Wasps, yeah, yeah. wasps. Like wasps they burrow in the people. front of your house and stuff, don't they? Like, oh, they probably, she probably really wouldn't have liked that. I suppose if it is an evolution thing, that to me says you're ill. Oh, well, that definitely, those pictures definitely say you're <laughs> ill. And, and so there's well. a part of my brain that goes, no, stay away, ill. So maybe that's that's what that's ill doing. as in dope. <laughs> no. oh. Ill as in um, contagious. Ooh. And again, that's for good reason. There's a there's a real uh, evolutionary side. reason for. I don't know why I've made this <laughs> for panther <wanting>. shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, panther, not big grizzly bear. No, panther, panther. <laughs> definitely a panther. <laughs> not 
Animal Yeti sight. man, animal, animal instinct. Whether it classes because to be a, a proper phobia, you've got to be sort of inconsolable around. Yeah, these it needs things. to be affecting your life. Yeah, negatively. Doesn't and it? shouldn't it be something? I thought this is something that's always confused me. Isn't it supposed to be irrational? Like, well, that's the point. Yeah, if it's irrational and there's no justification for it, you know, if you're clinging to the top of a, the Empire State Building with just your just by the fingertips. <laughs> then you should be afraid at that point. That yeah. is a correct and rational response. So no, that's not to say you, you have an irrational fear of heights. Yeah. Mm. That is, I am in a perilous situation. Mm. You're designed to have a little bit of fear mm. there. That is good and appropriate. But if every time you see a pigeon, you shriek and cry, then that's probably irrational. Well, the spiders one, though, that is irrational in, in a way because the little ones, you know they can't harm you. But I'm, I'm terrified of them. I can't... It's definitely irrational. When you, so that would that count? Yeah, yes, that counts. I think, but that's more of them not... moving. We work this out. It's more. The, I don't like they've got too many legs, and they don't need that many. Irrational. And they don't know how to use them. You can tell they don't know how to use them. They're still trying to work it out, and that's why they're so fast. Did I tell you about when a leg fell off a spider in my house, and it was twitching for ten full minutes oh. afterwards? I've seen the video. Oh, yeah, I made a video. I'll show you, you it. And why did they show me it? <laughs> Pretty impressive. It's pretty cool. Pretty grim, but pretty cool. It fell off. Did you have any part to play in it? I personally off? didn't, but I, there may have been some interference with the spider that led to its leg falling off, but it wasn't by me. Somebody else that you'd got around your house just pulling the legs off of spiders. Yeah, that's how I roll. <laughs> says a lot <laughs> every, about every the type Thursday. of you keep. <laughs> Having us hardwired to be afraid of unusual and weird things makes a bit of sense. I remember... A few, well, a couple of years ago now, I was driving along in the road, sort of dusk time, and a, it was a piece of, pl- like a long piece of plastic just blew across the street in front of me as I was driving. And I mean, I hammered on my brakes really quickly. I was really scared. And my brain... Ghost! My brain had interpreted this long piece of plastic as a massive snake. That's what I thought it was. That's what I honestly I saw a great big snake. How so big? somewhere big, sort of boa constrictor size, full length of the full width of the road snake. And my my hardwired fight or flight brain had made that connection because somehow somewhere wired in us is a, a, we we have knowledge inside us that we've acquired without what? getting it. That of, snakes is bad. That snakes is bad. <laughs> you just watched that, Anaconda. Yeah, <laughs> you hardwired it into yourself. Yeah. I just. Just watch snakes on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> but surely the best thing would have been to just run it over really fast. No, because like, the, do, do, do. no, because that's not how fear works. Because that's the whole irrational side of it. Mm. The whole irrational side of it is the fear takes over, and I want to stop this from happening. And yeah, that, that, that's yeah. that's snake panic. Snanic. <laughs> <laughs> Once the snanic sets in. <laughs> so even though. Popular science says that this isn't a real thing. Professionals who study and treat phobias tend not to use all the Latin and Greek names that get tossed around on message boards and in the press. However, on blogs and in internet forums, thousands of people claim to have trypophobia. 
Psychiatrist Carol Matthews said, there might really be people out there with phobias to holes because people can really have a phobia to anything. But just reading what's on the internet, that doesn't seem to be what people actually have. According to Matthews, most people writing online are likely disgusted by these types of images without meeting criteria for a real yeah. phobia. Because yeah. they're disgusting. It's not a phobia at all. It's just that's, that's a gross picture. I'm not scared of it. My friend at university, her dislike for it went a bit further than I would say was mm. normal. But even then, you're not talking full-fledged phobia, I wouldn't say. It's not stopping me from my day-to-day. Good. Although, if I do see holes, I tend to avoid them. Uh, hula hoop's your least favourite crisp. Hula hoops are very unpopular. And hula hoops, the, the dance. <laughs> the dance? Yeah. It's not a dance. It's a dance, isn't it? <laughs> Hula hooping. Hula hooping. Yeah, it's kind of. It's not that far away from a dance. Take away, take away the hoop, and you just. Isn't that golf? All the hips. What? What? The dance. Hula hoops. Hula hooping's dancing. Yeah. Hula hooping the dance. Hula hooping's dance. What? Why is it? I did. It's it's like a pastime. It's an activity. It's like roller skating or. No, but you can't go anywhere. No, but you're hula hooping. It's like hacky sack. Or uh, juggling. No. Well, yeah, juggling can be a dance. And I wouldn't Juggling's say, not, a, not everything is a dance. Hula Maybe hooping not isn't necessarily it. a dance, but it's definitely turned into dance by a lot of... When you get good well, at that, it, then that's it becomes fair enough. But he dancey. said the dance hula hoop. Yeah, there is a, da- there is a dance. If you didn't have the hula hoop, you'd be dancing or having a fit. <laughs> He's not saying what you're saying, Phil. Mm, okay. <laughs> Arnold Wilkins and Jeff Cole of the University of Essex's Centre for Brain Science. That doesn't uh, sound real. No. <laughs> they put it in, a, in an Essex, ironically. <laughs> were the first scientists to publish on the phenomenon. They believe the reaction is based on a biological revulsion rather than a learned cultural fear. In a 2013 article in Psychological Science, Wilkins and Cole write that the reaction is based on a brain response that associates the shape with danger. Shapes that elicit a reaction were said to include clustered holes in innocuous contexts, such as fruit and bubbles, and in contexts associated with danger, such as holes made by insects and holes in wounds and diseased tissue, such as those caused by mango worms in animals, especially dogs. Let's Gross. not look at mango worm. Okay, let's, just, let's, let's look it up. Not, no, let's not look it up. Mango it's, worms. It's going to be I think you thoroughly should Google unpleasant. holes in wounds. Oh. Yeah, you're pulling that face and I'm not surprised. Oh, no. <laughs> We've broken Chris. Oh, all these dogs have got mango. <laughs> Oh no! I don't want to look. I no. already decided. I want, I want to look. look. It's just gross. I'll Obviously, look. why is that one in his brain? <laughs> what? Show me. Okay, all right. You saw a dog's brain. I've never seen a person's brain. Last time you were here, didn't we end up looking at a really long poo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the most disgusting look. thing. So, whoa, not, whoa! What is that? I'm I'm actually not looking. It's like, a, it's like his brain's been replaced by a potato. I need to look closer. I don't understand what what's going on. I'm not looking. I'm just going to save myself That's from it. That's not real. What is it? I think it's a sawn-off head. Yeah, it is, isn't it? That looks like some sort of, like, makeup. Maybe it is makeup. Let's say it's makeup. Let's say it's makeup. It's just makeup, so it's fine. It's done, okay. it's gone. It's not very good makeup. I mean, like, it, it wouldn't... I mean, mango worms, it's such a nice name. It sounds like it's made by Haribo. <laughs> mango worms. <laughs> These are definitely not made by Haribo. No. 
Don't look at mango worms. I haven't looked at the pictures myself, but I'm guessing. It's gross. Don't look at mango worms. But definitely look up holes in wounds. Upon seeing these shapes, some people said that they shuddered, felt their skin crawl, experienced panic attacks, sweated, palpitated, and felt nauseated or itchy. Some said the holes seemed disgusting and gross, or that something might be living inside those holes. All mango of those worms. seem quite rational yeah. things. Uh, the upon one you said about burrowing insects. That sort of makes you think, oh, well, yeah, that is, that is gross. My brain probably did think that. Mm. I'm not in control of it. So. You should, we should be naturally averse to yeah. parasites. That's a, yeah. a good fear to have. I think there's something quite base and mm. fundamental about finding disgusting things disgusting. A now defunct website, tripophobia.com, describes the phenomenon with videos and images. It's defunct now. I want to see what it says, though. Videos. Um, it describes the, well, or described uh, the phenomenon with videos and images. Images containing clusters of holes are presented in an arrangement that claims to rank the likelihood they will induce fear. Early images in the series include fruits such as oranges and pomegranates. Then clusters of holes with possible association with danger are presented such as honeycombs, frogs, and insects, and arachnids. Finally, images feature wounds and diseases. Using data from the site, Wilkins and Cole analysed example images and believed that the images had unique characteristics. They state that the reaction behind the phobia was an unconscious reflex reaction based on a primitive portion of the brain that associates the image with something dangerous. In another research article, Lee, Cole, and Wilkins developed a symptom questionnaire that they say can be used to identify trypophobia. Is that what you did on BuzzFeed, maybe? Hmm. I think so. But just uh, the question, BuzzFeed, it's not a proper exam. Because it also told me that I was most like Jasmine. Well, wasn't. <laughs> the same test. Yeah. <laughs> are you scared of holes and what this says are you? Yeah. Well, no, it just says, does, does this picture freak you out? Yeah, it does a bit. And what was it, Jafar? <laughs> <laughs> So there we have it. That's what Wiki Shuffle sounds like when Jack isn't on it. Hmm. Crisps. I'm eating, sorry. <laughs> same. It sounds the same. <laughs> a, a level of professionalism <laughs> that you've all come to expect. That's good. Thank you for listening. We are back on our fortnightly release schedule. So we will be out every other Wednesday. Ruth will be joining us again next time around. But we are going to be swapping it around because, you know... Too much of a good thing. We will see you in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.